This morning, we are wrapping up our Foundations series. We began our new life as a church looking at some core issues that we've been talking about as a, a core team that's been meeting and training and praying for a number of weeks before we launched the church. And we wanted to, to sort of sit in some of those absolute, non-negotiable, super important things. And today we're finishing with some teaching on what community is all about. And community is so, so, so critical in the life of every Christian. Community is so critical in the life of every uh, person who wants to be a follower of Jesus. And when you have it, life is really, really good. And when you don't have it, it's not as great as it could be. And one of the things I want to lift up here at the very, very beginning this morning is this thought to put this in your hearts and minds that community is not just an option at church. Community is what God made you for. God made you to function in relationships with other people. God made you to connect on a deeper level. God made you to bond and to, to link together and to do life together. God made us for community. And so many things push that behind us. So many things. Our kids' sports schedules and our, our work um, activities and projects and all kinds of other things push community to the back, to the back, to the back. And we miss out on all of the good stuff that God wants to do in us and through us. We're going to lift up the idea of community and why it is an absolute big deal at People of Hope Church. Open your Bibles to the book of Hebrews this morning. We're going to look in Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. In Hebrews 10, we have these instructions given to some Christians. The writer of Hebrews is, is telling them some very important things that they need to be doing and how they need to live in relationship um, with each other. We're going to look in Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 24. Hebrews 10, starting in verse 24. And the writer says this, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Go back to verse 24 there. Let us Whole, excuse me, let us then consider. That, that idea of considering means think about it, strategize. How can we make this happen? How can we get a plan going for how we can spur one another on toward love and good deeds? This idea of spurring on has the image, let me a couple of pictures here. It's the, it's the idea of, you ever, whoever, who's been snorkeling? See your hands if you've been snorkeling. Uh, in the room. Snorkeling is one of those, those great things. Uh, if you love it, you love it. If you hate it, you hate it. My wife forever was like, um, there's creepy things in the water and I'm not going in. But finally I convinced her and she's like, oh, this is great. I'm like, yes, it's great. We love snorkeling. But you go down there and if you disturb the bottom, you can just move your hand and your hand will create a little current on the bottom uh, under the water and all of the sand, all the silt that's settled there will just suddenly stir up and make a little cloud and then it'll settle back down. Everything you're looking at when you're snorkeling underneath the bottom that looks all, all still and calm down there, unless it's a piece of hard coral, is actually little particles of silt that have slowly settled and become just not moving. 
But if you wave your hand or you wave your fin or or, or if a fish goes by, uh, it, it just stirs it all up. This little cloud of activity begins to happen. That's part of what the writer of Hebrews is talking about. Let me give you a more modern version of this. If you buy a salad dressing and it's got gunk in the bottom, you know what I'm talking about? And you got to shake it up to get all those particles moving in there. That's what the writer of Hebrews is doing. Let us think about, let us consider, let's make a plan. Let's, let's strategize about it. Let's figure out a way for us to stir each other up toward love and good deeds. Because I don't know about you, but I often find myself settling in on love and good deeds. Anybody else need to be stirred up in that every once in a while? Like, oh yeah, I should probably be more compassionate. Oh yeah, I should probably be a little more giving and serving, a a little more tenderhearted, a little more patient. We all need to be stirred up. We all need to have the silt of our heart stirred up. We all need to have the salad dressing of our heart shaken up. So the writer's saying, as Christians, I want you to think about, I want you to consider, I want you to to really ponder and strategize and make a plan for how you can stir each other up toward love and good deeds. Love can be an act of a good deed where you care for someone and you, 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 you meet a need for them. That can be an act of love. But I want you to notice here that the writer is talking about two specific things. He's saying good deeds, that's part of it, and we kind of understand that. But the love aspect of it. We're supposed to stir each other up toward love. And one of the ways that Christians do that is by spending time together. The more time you spend with each other, the more you love each other, the more you understand each other. And man, isn't it just true? At the end of the day, so many of us are just looking to be understood. I just want to go somewhere where I can just be who I am. And stop posing and stop trying to put on a face or an image of what everybody else wants me to be. But I can just be me and I'll just be loved and accepted for who I am. And I'm quirky and I don't do everything right. I don't say the right thing all the time. I got some great habits. I got some bad habits. All that. Hey, this is me. We all just want to be loved and accepted for who we are. Well, we have to stir each other up for that. Because we are quick to label. We are quick to write people off. We are quick to meet somebody in 12 seconds in going, oh, I have this person figured out. I know them. And I've decided I don't like them. I don't have to spend time with them right now. And I I don't want to spend time with them right now. We need to be stirred up toward love. This is leading us toward a beautiful opportunity to practice community, love, being understood, being patient with each other, taking time to get to know each other and understand each other, to provide community and to experience community. You right here in this room are the answer to someone's longing to be known and understood and accepted. And somebody sitting near you is the answer to your longing to be known and understood and accepted. Community is not just all about receiving, it's also giving. There's this interchange that goes on as we make a plan on purpose 
intentionally stir each other up, shake each other up toward love and good deeds. Let's keep reading here. The writer of Hebrews keeps going. He says, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So, so get together with other Christians. The Christian life is not meant to live in isolation. If you are one who says, well, my, I'm just private about my faith. I don't talk about my faith. That's just between me and God. You are in disagreement with Hebrews 10. We are to do life together. We are to do faith out loud. We are to continue to meet together. Because here's the truth. We need each other. Hello? We need each other. There are days when you are just dragging and you need someone else to carry you the next distance. There are days when you are just riding high and you're like, come on, let's go. You can do it. And you're the coach. You're the cheerleader to help them carry on. We need each other. And the Bible, not a church program called community groups, but the Bible is saying do not stop meeting together. Some people have thought, yeah, I don't have time. It's not important at time. I'll see them another time. It's not that big a deal. It's not a priority. Do not let this slide. The writer says some have become, well, that's their habit. But there's an importance here. Look what he says. He says, he says, encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Well, what day is he talking about? Is he talking about Sunday? No, he's talking about day, capital D. Look in your Bible. Is it, is it on the screen? It is a capital D on the screen. We're big time around here. <laughs> the day is referring to the end of all things. I don't know if you've been thinking about this lately, but Jesus is, is seated right now. Um, next to the Father, and they have a day in mind. There's a day in history. It is on His calendar, and nobody in here knows it, so stop guessing. And don't listen to anybody who thinks they know when it is. The Bible tells us we, nobody knows when that is. But there is a day when the trumpet is going to sound, and Jesus is going to get up, and He's going to come as a king and as a judge. He's coming, and He's going to set all the wrongs right. Hallelujah. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. There's a day when the opportunity to believe in his name will be done. There's a day coming when it's going to get bad before it gets better. And there's going to be persecution. There's going to be resistance. There's going to be ostracizing of Christians and Casting them and marginalizing them and pushing them out. It's going to be really hard to follow Jesus as we get closer to the capital D day. And the writer of Hebrews connects that to community. Look what he says. He says, encourage each other all the more. As the day is approaching, as the day draws near, as the day is almost coming, as we get closer to the day, you're going to need each other even more. 
because it's going to get rough. So close ranks. It's going to get hard. So have each other's backs. It's going to get difficult. So hold each other up. Encourage one another. If you want to do a good fall Bible study, if you don't have one in mind right now, study all the one another's in the Bible. There's a boatload of them. Here's one of them. Encourage one another. And especially as we get closer to the day. We need each other. We're talking about community this morning. I want to break this down a little bit further. I want to go through kind of three parts of this text and and help us to understand what the writer has for us here and what God's calling us to. So number one, let's go back again to look at the, the idea of stirring up one another toward love and good works. We need the reminders to starve the flesh and gratify the spirit. We need the reminders to starve the flesh and gratify the spirit. I don't think I've told this story in a long time, but I was speaking at an event in Florida one time. They were driving me from where I was staying to where we were going to do the event. And um, in the car, I looked out the window and we had passed by this really economically challenged, low-income place and housing and a bunch of little kids barefoot and just kind of looked grungy. We were stopped in traffic, just kind of taking 20 feet at a time and stopping. And, and I had time to look at these people and I, they were playing a game and they were, they had, they were just playing a game where they had something, they're just spinning around, spinning around and like, whoa, let it go. You guys play games like that? I'm a little dizzy right now. It's okay. <laughs> they, they, had, they were playing this game and I, and I just was sort of just kind of dazed kind of watching them play, and then it kind of dawned on me what they had in their hand was a dead animal. And they were spinning around, whoa, woo, letting it go. Some of us need community because we need to be encouraged to put down the dead things we're playing with. They're only going to make us sick. And there's no life in them. And some of us are having a ball playing with dead stuff. And it's just true. We need the silt stirred up. We need the salad dressing shaken up because we get comfortable and casual. We need those reminders to starve the flesh and gratify or to feed the spirit. We need the prayer support in our lives. Can I get an amen on that? We need prayer support. Amen. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, Gail. We need prayer support. We need it. Because this is true. I don't know if you've, you've thought about this a lot lately either, but, but the Bible talks a lot about enemies. And there are enemies that come up in our lives. We need prayer support for the enemies that come against us. We need prayer support for the temptations that come against us. We need prayer support for the disasters that come out of nowhere. And we, need to, we need prayer support for the fears we struggle with every single day. And maybe, just maybe, somebody in this room will get into a community group and you'll find yourself trusting 
for the very first time in your life and you'll be able to talk out loud about the fears that you carry every day and you'll you'll feel at home and you'll feel safe to share the fears that you're carrying and your community group in that moment will respond and surround you and say, hey, would you just sort of kind of turn around on the couch and kneel down where you are? We just want to put a hand on your shoulder. And right now we want to call out to the God of the universe to do battle on your behalf and the fears that you've been carrying every single day. And we've known you for years and we had no idea you were carrying these things. Oh my gosh, thank you for sharing that because we are going to lift you up every morning this week week about the, the fears you're carrying. We need to be stirred up to open up about the dark whispers that are pulling us back. The dark whispers that have us chained to shame. We need to be stirred up to open up and not carry untrue guilt. We need a group to remind us, hold on, hold on, hold on. Why are you still punishing yourself for something that God's forgiven you for? We need to be stirred up to open up that Lord willing we'd be freed up. Does that sound good to anybody? Yes. You need somebody looking you in the eye on a regular basis going, tell us about your heart. What's really going on? Don't give us your schedule. Don't give us your calendar. Talk to us about life right now in your world. And for a couple of minutes, listening and leaning in with all their heart with the expectation to minister to you. Does that sound good to anybody? That's community. And that's part of what the writer of Hebrews is saying when he says, I want you to consider how to do this. I want you to make a plan. It's about being intentional. Don't don't just think it's automatic. Because a boatload of us have been in churches for decades and it is not automatic. True? pass each other in the halls. You can smile and nod. You can do the shake a hand during the greeting moment. You can be in a class with 30 other people and nobody has asked what's really going on. Including you. We need to be stirred up so that we can open up that we might be freed up. Second of all, here in the text, the writer says, not neglecting to meet together. Let's look at another scripture passage in Acts chapter 2, right after sort of the church was launched after Pentecost. The Holy Spirit comes and empowers the believers and thousands become Christians. They get saved by the thousands. And then they, the Lord added to their number. May it be true of people of Luke Church. The Lord adds to our number. But this is what it says about them in Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. So there's a whole lot of connection to teaching. Good job. You're in a teaching moment right now. Welcome to church. Glad you're here. What about fellowship? 
Well, is that punching cookies? No, it's not punching cookies. That's being with people who know you and love you and you're just free to be yourself and you get to enjoy each other with a smile that goes down deep. That's about moments of good food and good drink. That's about moments of, of just enjoying, you know, playing a good game of Monopoly together and, and just enjoying each other's company. By the way, I just want to put this out there. If you're single and looking to be married someday, a good test about the, your future spouse is to play Monopoly with them. You'll learn all about it. Just, just for free this morning. Just tossing that in. Just watch them. They're cutthroat. Watch how quickly they'll forgive a debt. Watch how quickly they'll just you know, say, no, you can't. Just, I'm just telling you. It's, I don't know if it's you know, supernatural, but Monopoly can predict some really interesting personality coupling. Has nothing to do with Hebrews, but here we go. Here we are in the book of Acts. They devote themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. One of the things that we're going to do in our community groups is we're going to have food as a part of that. Not just because we're Christians and we like to eat, but because food is one of the places when, where we delight in one of the creations of God. Food is one of the things that breaks down barriers. Kind of got a drink in your hands and food in your plate. It kind of helps you talk to each other a little bit and just sort of makes things a little more comfortable and casual. And there's something about the hospitality moment around a table where you're just enjoying each other as you enjoy some food. It doesn't have to be fancy food. But just some moments. This is what the people were doing. They were spending time together. I've heard it described before as table fellowship. I love those moments when you go out to dinner with friends or you have a meal with friends at their house or at your house and you've been there so long that all the ice has melted in your tea glass and it's just diluted that you look over your tea glass and you're like, yeah, this is a sign of a good night. We've been talking so long that all the ice has just melted. We've been here a while. Let's go for that. Where we just linger without our phones and enjoy each other and laugh. That's what the early believers did, and that's what we need to be doing. Let's invite people in Murfreesboro to this kind of discipleship. The kind of discipleship that includes joy. Amen? Amen. Let's invite people in Murfreesboro to church that includes this idea of it's not about being sad and somber and be on your best behavior. It's about follow Jesus with each other and enjoy breaking bread together, good food, good drink, enjoy some good times. It says that as they did this, they met from house to house. Verse 44. All the believers were together and they had everything in common and they sold property and possessions to give free to anyone who had a need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in the homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and giving the favor of Excuse me, enjoying the favor of all the people and the Lord added to their number. They met house to house and they shared and had things in common. This is a beautiful picture of fellowship. We cannot neglect meeting together. Let's talk about community groups and people of Hope Church for just a moment. 
The community group members, the people in your community group, these are fellow travelers on the road of following Jesus, and you're all headed in the same direction. They're no better than you. They're no worse than you. They're fellow travelers together. We need some traveling companions. Because the road gets long, true? And sometimes we need to be stirred up. These folks will come together as community groups. We're planning right now that community groups will meet twice a month in somebody's home. Twice a month at minimum. And when they do, these will be groups of about 8 to 12 people. And how long will they can grow a little bit? We could add to those groups. But the, we'll kind of call a timeout and we'll kind of make those that one group, one giant group into two regular sized groups when group dynamics break down. What, what are group dynamics? Well, group dynamics are, are this. If the circle is so big that not everybody has time to talk, the circle's too big. If the circle's so big that you look at someone else on a couch or a chair across the room from you and say, you know, sometimes one of these meetings, I'm going to meet them. <laughs> the group's too big. So 8 to 12 is a great number. It's a good starting point. We're going to start out our groups that way, and then we'll add to them. We'll let them grow a few, bit, a few people more, and then we'll start creating some more groups. Because we don't ever want to create a moment where someone would give up some time in their busy schedule to show up to community group, and they just felt like they weren't noticed or connected with, or that they didn't have a time to talk or they didn't have a time to be heard, all of those things. We want to really guard the quality of that experience because this is about knowing and being known, not how large can we get our group. The larger it gets, the less the quality remains. Our community groups will have some leaders we're just a little bit further down the road from you. Somebody will say, hey, I'll carry the ball for a little bit. Help the discussion moving. These are facilitators and not teachers. They're not lecturers. You're not going to go to a group and sit and listen to one person talk. This is someone who's going to drive a discussion. Someone is going to keep it moving. And these community groups are going to be amazing and beautiful and helpful and I really hope that you get into one today. Groups will follow a kind of a family calendar, sort of a school year calendar with holidays and breaks all around. And they'll go through May. So if you sign up for a group today, and I hope you do, if you sign up for a group, then you're going to likely kind of be with this group of people uh, in, in a regular community group relationship till May. Then when May comes around, it's sort of like, hey, you guys can do what you want. Groups can keep going and keep meeting and stay together. Or groups can kind of re-up and shuffle around, whatever you want to do. But it's not just a, this week this group of people's here and this week another group of people's there. It's connecting with each other and committing to each other for a season of time so you can really get to know each other. I want to remind you that we're not to neglect this because the Bible says this. We were born into the family called the church. And independence in church is not a godly value. 
You may have heard a coach say that about a team. Hey, you doing your own thing? That's not a good thing. We're a team. In the basketball court, pass the ball. Church world, independence is not a godly value. Loving one another and being in community with one another is a godly value. Number three, the third aspect of that passage we were talking about in Hebrews is this encouraging one another and all the more as you see the capital D day approaching. When you come together as a community group, you will encourage each other. There will be group discussion, not a lecture, but there'll be group discussion about the Bible and how we live as Christians in the real world. My goodness, we got to talk about the real world for a minute. The real world is so full of temptation, it's insane. The real world is waving big, brightly colored LED wall, beautiful 4K images of love these things. Give your time to these things. See how many seasons you can rack up on Netflix. There are so many calls and invitations to things. We need to encourage each other because real life is not... <laughs> real life is not inviting us to love Jesus more and more every day. Real life is inviting us to love ourselves, to love things. Real life is complicated. So I started this job and I got there and I found out that my boss wants me to falsify the paperwork like the guy who used to be in this position did. And he's all mad at me because I questioned whether or not I should tell the truth on the paperwork or not. But, but I want to honor God. And I want to do the right thing. But I, I don't need to lose my job. And that's real life. Real life is, you know what? My husband and my wife, we're married, but... We've really just been roommates. We haven't been intimate in years. Real life is I'm trying to break through to my kids, but for some reason they turned 15 and turned into a creature I do not know. Real life is my parents in their late 70s. Suddenly, I'm taking care of them. Real life is my schedule is full, but my heart is absolutely bone dry. Real life is that I often find the most comfort at the bottom of a wine bottle. Real life is I'm not even interested in these shows. I just watch them because... It's just something to do. And I don't want to stop long enough to think about things. Real life is, I feel so lonely. Real life is messy, true? And I believe that God speaks to all of it. I believe God's truth applies to all of it. And our CGs, our community groups, are going to get down in the messy, muddy, difficult, challenging sometimes awkward, real-life stuff. 
Because life too short to play church. Amen. So let's get real. And let's encourage each other, especially as the day is coming closer. Think about that word, encourage. That word, the literal word, encourage, means to pour courage back into someone. To pour courage back into someone. I, I got this bucket this week just to give us all a little bit of a picture today. Community groups are an opportunity for you to come with a bucket (laughs) every week, not a literal bucket. Please don't show up to your first community group with a bucket. But your heart's bucket, and the idea of this is is that you're going to go to group and sometimes your bucket's going to be a little bit empty and you're going to get back in your car at the end of the night just sloshing that bucket like, oh my gosh, I almost didn't come. But I'm going home with a full heart tonight. Thank you, God. And sometimes your evening at community group is just going to be you doing this. Just pouring into your friend over there. Your road was hard six months ago, but right now their road is hard. And you're just pouring everything you can out of your bucket into their bucket. Because you want them going home. Full. Because life drains the life out. You know what we ought to do? We ought to consider how we can stir each other up toward love and good deeds. And not neglect meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, especially encouraging each other as the day gets closer. We need to bring our bucket and spend a lot of energy pouring into each other and letting our other people fill up our bucket, not being prideful, not being arrogant, not being isolated, not saying, I got this. I'm just going to keep up a, a glass wall here. I'm going to stiff arm everybody. I'm not going to tell you what's really going on, but I'm going to come to group and I'm going to go, my bucket is dry it's real life for me right now and let everybody else pour into you does that sound good to anybody this is community pouring and being poured into We're going to process spiritual things out loud with each other. Talk about our understandings of God. And in these last days, as I said, it's going to become more and more difficult. And here's the real thing. I I haven't, I don't say this as any kind of prophetic word, but I, I think in the last days, it's going to be more tempting to replace Jesus than renounce Jesus. I'm not so sure we're getting close to the days where someone's going to put a weapon to your head and saying, deny Jesus. But I do think we're getting closer to the days where people are putting shiny things in front of us and saying, love them with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. 
in these last days, it is more tempting to replace Jesus than renounce Jesus. We need it. We need each other. We need the stirring up. We need the encouragement. If only (laughs) there were some vehicle that we could create that would help you experience community. Wait, we did. They're called community groups. I want to talk for just a couple of minutes as we wrap up today about community groups and why they're absolutely essential for your life. This is a place where you can find fellowship on a deeper level. Friendships like you've never imagined were possible. Encouragement on a regular basis. Bible study and growth and prayer and encouragement, accountability, all of these things. This is where you can find family within the family. Lord willing, God's going to add to our numbers, people of Hope Church. Even right now, in this small number, you don't know everybody in this room. We need to create spaces where you can know and be known. True? We've got to do that. Or we're just going to be lost in the crowd. And that's not what church is supposed to be. When thousands were saved in Jerusalem at the beginning of the church days, they, they met house to house. There were those connections meeting house to house. And we're going to do the same We need to have family within the family. I'm calling you out this morning to get into a People of Hope community group. It isn't a schedule decision. It isn't a do I have time for this in my world. Don't start there. It isn't a church program decision, meaning, oh, this is a church. Here's a program I get involved in. This is a spiritual discipline decision. I don't have one of these circles in my life, and I need it. I need a place where I can bring my bucket and pour in and be poured into on a regular basis because I don't have it right now. I need a place where I can take down the mask and be absolutely real. I need to go somewhere where I can talk about my struggles and my fears and have people love me and pray for me. I need to go somewhere where people will have my back. People will understand me. Where we can read the Bible together and talk about how it applies to my messy marriage, to my challenging work environment, to my absolutely miserable school experience. I don't have one of those right now. And I'm neglecting community. I need a circle like this. I need a family like this. I need a community. Because all of us can easily settle like the silt on the bottom of the ocean. And we need to be stirred up. This is a spiritual discipline decision. Let it rise in your heart this morning. This is, I need one of these community groups. To help me follow Jesus. I need one. Every single one of you this morning, I'm asking you. Sixth grade and up, I'm asking you. I'm calling you. Every single one of them, I'm asking you to join a community group today. And bring your bucket. And fill each other up. 
and love and enjoy each other. And let God do a marvelous work in this thing called community. Do it! Not because it's a good program, but it is. Not because you have time for it, because you don't. Make time for it. Join a small group. Here's the way we're going to finish this morning.